1: Everybody, episode 187 of Besiktas International's The Black Eagles Podcast. I'm your host, Sinan Sporting, live from a dark and stormy night. Late, or I guess early in September, I was going to say late in August, and I've lost the plot. Um, yes, early September showers here in the city, Uh, lots of fun stuff to talk about, a fantastic match against Yeni Malatya to review, Uh, perhaps uh, some fun Dortmund stuff to preview, Uh, but so yeah, let's dive in to what I think, what amounted to a really good game um, for us, and let's talk, I'm, I'm spoiling, I, sorry folks. A little uh, unordinary in that sense. Um, got knocked out of my rhythm by all of the good vibes, I guess. So I've talked a bit about Yanni Malachi. I'll say once again that in coming into our match, they lost their first of the season 1-5 uh, to five at home against the Trabzon score. But since then, they've sort of uh, gotten things back on track, beating Göztepe on the road and then Kaziantep at home. So they would hope to have uh, performed well against us uh but that uh, hope does not in and of itself make a result i guess one could say um and so is in effect, in effect. As of right now. coming into this match i'll dive into lineups i'm gonna try to keep all of this match sort of info real brief because khan goes into it in depth i mean, this episode is gonna be mostly a hashtag Khan's corner. So shouts to Senor Bayazit out there uh, in Belgium. But so yeah, uh, let's do this quickly. Lineups: Ersin Destanolu in the goal, Nejib Uysal and Domagoj Vida on the back line. Nejib in for Wellington because of the Turkish limit, um, the plus three. Valentin Rosier and Ridvan Yilmaz on our on our defensive flanks. Miralem Pjanic and Joseph De Sousa, I guess I should say De Souza in the back, and then Miralem Pjanic uh, up ahead of him a, a bit, with then, of course, Alex Teixeira fully ahead of them in the midfield as our number 10. Um, coming in off of an injury, so there's a lot of question marks as far as whether or not he would play. He he uh, apparently requested uh, vociferously to Sargon that he get the chance, so... Uh, he did indeed. <clears throat> we'll go into that in a moment. Uh, Rashid Gazal and Georges Kevin Nkudu on the wings with Mishi Batshuayi up front. Um, Mishi Batshuayi off of a fantastic uh, match with no goals, however. Um, for Yanni Malacha, why not? Let's just dive in. They have um, Abdul Samet Damlu as their keeper. Um, Semikaya, Wallace, Sadiq, Chif, Pinar on their back line. So an impressive one. They're playing three back with sort of wing backs in Hadadi and Eskihelach. So, uh, interesting there. Uh, Abid Ndong and Nshimiri Mana um, in their midfield. Kanatsizkush and Adem Buyuk. Up front, Kubilay Kanatsizkush, Kush. Kanatjiz Kush. Let's just go with Kubilay. Um So, yeah. Lots of uh, familiar names in their lineup. Although, you know, I, I think nobody would, would give them the upper hand on us by any stretch. So, yeah, let's dive in. Because, of course, it would be, we'd be running out right out of the gates. Uh, coming up on the attack, the aggressors. Um, sixth minute after a 10-pass sort of tiki-taka sequence Miralem Pjanic with an A-plus ball to the Batsman Mishibatshuayi and he would just slam it home the hammer, Thor's hammer or I I guess that's the wrong superhero Batman's (laughs) um, something or other, but yeah beautiful goal 1-0 to the Pjanic effect very much in effect Things are looking good, you gotta say. Uh, And just three minutes later, a nine plus change. Again, a a great passing sequence. Gets the ball to Alex Teixeira, who tries to take a shot. It's deflected by a defender. Luckily, however, it drops to Georges Kevin Nkudu, who makes a nice couple touches and then slots it home with relative ease. Two to nil. And we haven't yet reached the 10th minute. Although, I guess with celebrations and whatnot, we, we would, in fact. But whatever. Um, one of the all-time great celebrations, probably. I'm not a huge anime guy, but um, Dragon Ball Z fusion with uh, Nkuru and Rosier to celebrate just uh, a yeah, fantastic 10 minutes of football for Besiktas fans. Uh, the next big moment will be in the 24th minute. Um, Alex Teixeira to Batsman. Back to Alex Teixeira on the little one-two. Uh, and Alex with just an unorthodox crazy shot that somehow forces a uh, pretty miraculous save from Abdul Samet on their part to keep it at 2-0. Uh, and the 44th minute on a corner by Pjanic, who took the roll from Gizel. Uh He'd find Wellington on the back post who would dive in and just miss it. But so yeah, that would be it at the half. 2-0. Uh, we would come out of the gates again right out of the second half and Kudu pressing early and then in the 51st minute um, on Basically, you'd think a regular defensive clearance on the part of Yanni Malacca, but somehow not quite that case with Mishi Batshuayi on the gigan press as, as Khan will highlight in his portion of the podcast in a moment uh, but yeah a, a bit of butt action the box, butt. Uh, and a goal three to nil. And yeah, I mean what can you say? Just fantastic stuff. Um, to, to sort of put the rest to bed. In the 83rd minute, there would be one more real nice chance. Gokan Tore with a fantastic sort of sliding the ball on to Kenan Karaman, whose finish is perhaps a bit lacking. Um, but and that would be it. You know, we would pepper their their keeper late in the game with a number of chances, but um, yeah, nothing Really, to speak of those were the big chances. Um, I'll go back and dig in as far as moments in the match beyond just the big goal-scoring chances and the goals themselves. In the 15th minute, and piano comes off a yellow card. Yeah, questionable. I thought um, he did sort of step on the guy's foot, but he was going for the ball clearly. And I mean, especially considering there are a number of chances very similar to that. They did not give cards to um, on the part of Gianni Malatya later on in the match. Questionable, but anyhow, in the 20th minute, Domingos Vida would go down with what looked to be an injury, um, and he would come back out. So he would think maybe it's not a serious one, but then he would limp off co- quite clearly in pain. Uh, Wellington would come in and, and fill in admirably in, in his defense, but uh, yes, a huge issue there. It will turn out to be a three to four week injury for Domingos Vida, meaning he will miss our upcoming match against Dortmund, as well as our upcoming Super League matches, and potentially even our next match against Ajax in the Super League. So, rough for him. Um, In the 43rd minute, another injury to Alex Teixeira. uh, And he's also going to be missing the the game against Dortmund, it seems. Uh, He would uh, be replaced by John Bozdoğan, who had impressed apparently in training, and in the friendly against Umranie. Uh, and so you know he was getting the call in there over the likes of Ozan Ozukub. of note. Of course, Sali Uchan would not be available because of his red card suspension from the previous match. Um, after the goal in the second half, Munir Chouayar would come out of the m- or would come into the match for uh, Ibrahim Didier Ndong, and the 69th minute, Kenan Kareman... Kenan Karaman would come in for Georges Kevin Kudu, Mehmet Topal for Pjanic, and Gokan Tore for Rashid i Um all in the 69th minute. In the 72nd, Haki Osman would come in f- come on for Semikaya. 75th, Merch Altinash for Adem Biuk, and Steven Malan for Rayane Abid. Um, and that would be it for all of the kind of technical bits and pieces of the match. Let's just quickly hand the baton over to my guy Khan Bayazit for this week's hashtag Khan's Corner everyone
0: another three goals and another three points and another clean sheet for Besiktas after four games in the Super League Um, it's really a shame that you know, whatever ha- happened happened within Sakala against uh, Gaziantep, because I honestly think that we would have gotten the 3 points there as well if it wasn't for that unfortunate incident. Um, but 10 points out of 12 is nothing to scoff at, especially given the fact that we have already played uh, a difficult away game at Gaziantep, we have played uh, a difficult home game against Karagumruk, but we have played 3 home games in total already, so um yeah it's 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 to be expected I think that we uh had a good start to the season especially given the transfers we've made um and and the team we have put together having said that uh I didn't expect us to be really strong at the start of the season I also don't think we were I don't think we were amazing against Rize or against Gaziantep and uh then against Fatih Karagumruk, I thought we uh, picked it up a little bit. And this weekend, I think we played our best, most dominant game in a long time. The first 15 minutes in particular were just uh, amazing. Um, The first half, the first 10 minutes, we immediately took the opponent by storm. We just whirlwinded over them. We just absolutely just flatlined them, like, it was crazy. After seven minutes, Miralem Pjanic on his debut with a fantastic Guti-esque, Sergen-esque... Uh, I don't even think that... I don't know if that justifies it. Uh, we should just say Pjanic... Uh, Pjanic-esque. <laughs> it's a, you know, I, I don't think likening it to... Any of the the greats from the past does it justice. It was an amazing pass, um, and Mishi Bachuay gets his first goal for Besiktas. Something he really deserved because um, before the international break against Fatih Karagumruk, he really deserved to score a goal, but he didn't. He did, but it was ruled offside, and he had a couple of really good one-on-one opportunities, but Viviano, of course, denied him, or he uh, put it wide. Um, but very happy for Michi Bacuai to get uh, off the mark here. And uh, yeah, fantastic assist from Pjanic. But Pjanic will get into that a little bit more in a bit. But um, just a couple of minutes later, Alex Teixeira on the edge of the box. Gets his shot blocked. It falls to Georges Kevin Nkudu. And, and he slots it home for 2-0. Uh, fun little celebration between him and uh, Valentin Rosier. Um, And yeah, 10 minutes in, 2-0. At that point, you know, Bistish are are probably not going to give this away, right? Um, But we have in the past, so you can never say never. But then I think the most impressive thing happens. And for the next... Well, we're in the 10 minutes, so for the next... 60 minutes or so. I think are gegenpressing. You know, it's a popular term in football the last 10 years or so after the team that we're facing on Wednesday, Borussia Dortmund basically coined that uh, that term, which is gegenpressing. And it, it basically what it means, gegenpressing, is that within the, the six seconds of losing the ball, you recover it, and you may remember that something that Abdullah Avci was really keen on implementing when he be- came to Bishkek. Um, and he, he, of course, he had the 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 interesting system of having a false left back with Channer moving into the midfield and stuff. But I remember vividly because I was at a wedding at the time. We were playing in sport and that was the. The, 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 the first and maybe even only match where, we, where that clicked for the team um, the first half I remember watching it on my phone at the wedding uh, with my earbuds plugged in you know being super social um, at the reception and I just remember thinking wow we are playing amazing and for 45 minutes, I think we had amazing gegenpressing in that game. The difference was that at halftime, we were 1-0 down. And it was a fluke, I would say, to this day. I want to give Hrubadavci credit there. I think that really was uh, signs of his, his system that he wanted to play. Uh, promising signs of it. Uh, but the, the, the problem, of course, was we didn't score. And the problem was that we did allowed the opponent to score. It was an amazing goal with the outside of the boot by old Jan Chalayan, uh, if you remember. But um, I just wanted to harken back to that because I, I've seen people say, I've never seen Bistich play like this. I have seen him play like this once, and that was then, like two years ago. The difference is, we were down 1-0, despite playing good gig and press. And now... We were up 2-0. Obviously, you know, there's a little bit of fortune involved there, especially the second goal. But I think the most important thing is that um, basically the entire match, not just the first 60, 70 minutes, but I'm just trying to think. Like, in the four games that we have played so far this season, Ersin has faced four shots. That is absolutely annoying. That's an average of one shot per match. I'm just trying to think in this game if he even had to make a save. <clears throat> now, um, the critical the criticasters of, of Ersin, you know, basically the Altai fanboys, because that's what Twitter's turned into, is there, there's no Fenerbahce fans anymore. There's only, like, Altai fans, apparently, because every time... Urjan from Trabzon uh, does something wrong or Erzin or whatever, they'll, uh, they'll be right on top of them. They'll be uh on those guys because Erzin, Alta is, is you know, whatever. Uh, well, well, let's see if they say that after this weekend. Um, but, like you know, the, the haters will say, oh, you know, Ersin doesn't concede goals because he doesn't face shots. And to an extent, that's true, sure. But what you, and this is completely off topic, and I'm sorry for that, but what what people don't see and don't say is the vital interceptions that Ersene makes that prevents the opponent from getting shots off. Um, not so much in this game, because we were so dominant. Mm, but in the past games against Riza. There were, especially against Rize, I remember Alper Potuk slipping through several times on the left and uh, putting the ball into the near post, and Ersin just pouncing on it. You know, like risking life and limb and just pouncing on that ball. And you know, just in other games as well, you know, Ersin just coming out, whoop, plucking the ball. You know, being very dominant, very confident, like those types of things are important as well. What we see with other goalkeepers sometimes, take, for example, Altai, take Urjan, they have had these moments already this season, they come out for those balls, and then they drop them, and then that leads to chaos. We haven't seen that a single time it's Ersin. This season, it has happened in the past, but it, it doesn't happen a lot with Ersin, even in the past, like last season, that like, how many times has Ersin fumbled across? It doesn't happen much. Of course, it's going to happen. It's inevitable. Um, but that's the thing. Like, okay, Ersin faces... Doesn't face that many shots at the moment because our defense is... Uh, de- when, when, you, when you talk about defense, it's more than just back line. It, it's the entire team that does that work. And uh, there's a very interesting quote from Sergen from this game when it comes to that, uh, where Sergen said our success is because we our, our defense starts in the offensive third. And that was very true in this game, where as soon as we would lose the ball, we'd basically have it back within four, five, six seconds. Um, and that was the, the strength. And that was not just Vida, who unfortunately got injured, and, and Wellington and, and Rosier and, uh, and Rizvan. Or, or even just the Souza, you know, that was the entire team. That was Nkudu, that was uh, Gezal, that was Pjanic, that was all those guys working their socks off to win the ball back, to put pressure on the opponents, to not give them an inch. Um, and there's two thoughts I have with that. It's like, it's going to be a long season. It's good that we have... a a good squad that now but it's going to be a long season and this is a very intense way of playing football i don't expect us especially now with these champions league group stage games weaved into our schedule for the coming months i don't think that we'll be able to constantly play at this high of a level but I think we will get better still, obviously. I mean, Pjanic, this was his first match. Uh, Alex Teixeira also got injured or re-injured uh, the previous injury. Um, Alex Teixeira is still very new. You know, Pjanic is super new. Um, Pachuay is still super new. So there's, there's a lot of players there that... And especially Pjanic, you know, like he's he's really new to the team. He's only been training with the boys for like four days or something, five days. Uh, only just got back from international duty. We didn't even have Kyle Lahren and and Atiba in this game. There's just so much more room for growth here that it's it's very promising, um, and hopefully we can have the team continue to grow. I've kind of gone back and forth a little bit here on all those topics and uh, need to keep my thoughts straight so let's let's look at Miralympianich for a second like i i I think everyone realized when we signed him it was a pretty big deal right but I've seen people uh, like including Sinan say like I didn't realize he was this good. And the thing is like Pjanic has been an absolute baller for years, right? Like at Roma he was the man. At Juventus he basically he was the successor to Andrea Pirlo basically. Um and then he went to Barcelona last season for for 60 million euros, like when like, can you can you fathom that like a player that that just I know there's a lot of you know there's some stuff, you know, it's like some stuff being said about Barcelona's finances and and the Pjanic Artur deal being a little fishy or whatever. Um, but regardless, like we've in Turkey, we've never had a player that went for that type of money come basically the season after, right? Sure, Mesut Ozil has gone for big money in the past, and but he's also also, well, you know, he's also been useless for two years that's not the case with pjanic like pjanic in the international break i think had two assists and a goal for bosnia he was in the 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 world cup qualifier the european section of the world cup qualifiers team of the week uh just this past weeks and uh he's hungry you can tell he when he joined besiktas He was, he uh, he he kicked up some dust about uh, Ronald Koeman, and he's yeah, Pjanic is not coming. Is not here at Besiktas to to enjoy the sun and play some beach football. He's here to prove a point. And you can tell that, like, just from that first match, Pjanic is hungry and he wants to be successful. And, you know, I know a lot of you are probably already thinking in the back of your head of, um, oh man, it sucks that we can only have him for one season. And you know what? I mean, it does, but I think we need to be, we need to be realistic here and, uh, we need to appreciate the fact that we are able to, uh, have a player, a 60 million Euro player, like Miralem Pjanic, even if it's just for one season, cause he's 31 years old. He's still in his prime, like Andrea Pirlo at that age, at 31, like this one, Andrea Pirlo started like shining for the first time. You know what I mean? Like he, 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 he peaked really late. <clears throat> Um, and Pjanic, of course, Pjanic has been playing at a high level for many years, but like with his style, his style of play, like deep playing playmaker that he is, um, you know, this he's, he's very much in his prime at the moment, and you and you could see that. And uh, a good friend of mine, Sally, mentioned um, this: is what we've been missing. This is the missing link we've had. The past years, you know, that that perfect transition from attack, from defense to attack, and in this match at least, Miron Limpianish was indeed that 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 fantastic uh, conduit that just connected both the defense and the attack perfectly, and just forwarded the game so quickly. And where in the past maybe we were playing a little bit, a little bit too many vertical passes. Um, I think now with Pjanic, we were just going forward so quickly. And I remember just at a moment in the game, I think it was when uh, Mkudu maybe might have had the ball, or I don't remember exactly, but just looking at all those white shirts bursting into the box. Uh, that was still at the time when Alex was still on the pitch, Michi was on the pitch, uh, Gezal, Pjanic, and, 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 and Mkudu. like Everyone was still there, you know, like that was before any subs. I just remember saying to because I was watching this game at my my dad's home, uh I remember saying to to Kim, my girlfriend and uh, and and, uh, and my dad and, and and everyone who was there I was saying um, we are going to score a lot of goals this season just by that one snapshot of four bodies running into the box. That was even without Kyle Laren, you know. Like, you know, like, we didn't even have him on the pitch. But yeah, anyway, uh, at the end of the day, it, it's only Malatya Spor. We have to put that caveat out there. Uh, Malatya Spor uh, did not have a, a great start to the season. Uh, opening match day, 1-5 loss at home to Trabzonspor. So let's keep that in mind. Um... Big difference with that is, I, I think, you know, this is only a 3-0. This is not a 5-0 like drops zone with a 1-5 away, whatever. Uh, I do think that we could have scored a lot more. But we definitely took the foot off the gas pedal. You could tell that after the, especially after the 3-0. Because uh, after the 2-0 in the first half, we kept pushing. And I really like that as well. But after the Trino, which was a funny goal, um, after the Trino, you could definitely tell okay, we're, we're not pushing that hard anymore. And then, in a, I think around the 67th or the 70th minute or something, Sergen basically took everyone off. Took Pjanic off, took Gezal off, uh, I think he took Kudu off. Of course, at that point, Alex Teixeira was already subbed because he was subbed uh, before halftime because he re-aggravated his injury. Um, so at that point, we had Mehmet Topal on the pitch. We had John Bosdouan, who had already come in in the first half for, for Alex. Um, we had Kukantore. Um and on the left, who came on the left? Oh, Kenan. Kenan came on the left. So only Michibachuaya was left on the pitch basically. And you could really tell that once those players came in, that uh the level of the ball was so much lower. Suddenly Malatya Sport started getting a little bit of space. Suddenly that gegenpress press wasn't as effective anymore. Like we weren't recovering the ball that quick anymore. Um, and I think at that point also they like Malatya had their only moment of danger really where they, well I mean it was barely dangerous but like one of their players got into the box on on really towards the back line uh, on the left side and he I don't even know if it was a shot or a cross but he hit like the outside of the post and then it went out it was yeah, it's hitting the post but in a non-dangerous way really kind of because there's no way he's going to score from that angle. Hmm. Excuse me. Um, so yeah, um, fantastic game, fantastic debut for Miralem Pjanic, who um, I can tell you already, if he stays fit, he's going to be massive this season. And it's going to be a massive loss next summer when he returns to Barcelona. But, you know, you have to enjoy it. We have Champions League games coming up, six Champions League games that we have to enjoy. Potentially the last Champions League games, group stage games for Turkish teams in the upcoming years. You know, we'll have the Champions route, so, normally speaking, she'll be able to qualify for the group stages. As the champion, but you know, there's always that possibility that you don't make it so um, Yeah, have to enjoy these Champions League games coming up. We have on Wednesday Dortmund which I Think it's a little unfortunate for us that we open against Dortmund Um, Open against Dortmund at home if we would have opened against Dortmund away at the Westfalen, that would have been better, I think. But you know, eh, it's football; it doesn't matter. You know, at the end of the day, we have to play that, away, that home game against Dortmund anyway. Uh, the only uh, big loss for us is uh, Domagoj Vida. He got injured, he had a heel injury yesterday. Uh, well, not yesterday; um, Saturday. Uh, he'll be out for three weeks, probably. That's what it being reported right now. So he'll miss the Dortmund match for sure. And he'll probably miss uh, the Ix match, and that's that's unfortunate. Uh, also, really unfortunate for Vida because he rarely ever gets injured, and to get injured now, um, you know, he's going to miss two out of six Champions League matches. That's that's very unfortunate for for him and for us. He be, he's our best defender. That means um, we'll probably be playing Wellington and Nijip or Wellington and. Uh, Montero against Dortmund on Wednesday. And uh, people are speculating well into Montero right now, but I don't think so because Montero has no match rhythm going into uh, that match. I, I don't think that Sergen will put Montero against Haaland with no match rhythm. So I expect Najib to start. Um I just hope he doesn't start Mehmet Topal, because then it's going to be a slaughter. <laughs> uh, yeah, and Alex. Alex injured as well, re-aggravated his injury. Um, he'll should be back quicker, but uh, definitely the Dortmund match is coming too soon for him. But he should hopefully be back for the Alex- the I X match. Um, and apart from that, yeah, you know, uh, I think uh, Ersin in goal, I, I, I really, you know, I've seen some speculation on, on Twitter with people basically putting the logical team on there, except for merting goal instead of Ersin, and I think that would be criminal to to, to rob Ersin of uh, Champions League experience, like, it's going to be so valuable for him, facing a guy like Haaland is going to be very valuable for him as well, so... I, I hope Ersin starts, Ersin should start. And probably Ridvan on the left and uh, Rosi on the right as always. And I expect Wellington and Nijip. Then in midfield, Pjanic, um, Sosa of course, Joseph, and uh, Atiba, I would imagine. And of course, Gezal and of course, Bacuay. But then the question on the left is it's going to be Nkudu who played really well against uh Malatia? or is it gonna be kyle Laren? you know that's uh that's that's the question i think and um, personally i think he might start on kudu for the counter but we'll see it's gonna be really interesting on wednesday we're gonna see how good we really are gonna face the best team we faced in a long time with dortmund uh it's gonna be a real 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 this i mean this is this is the best team we faced since um since 2018 when we played bayern munchen so this is going to be the best team we've played in two and a half years it's going to be really interesting I personally do not expect a result. Quite frankly, uh, I think Dortmund are. It's difficult because I I don't know how how good we are. Like it's difficult to say. We only played Malatya. We only played Riza and Gaziantep, and you know we only played this last past season. We only played a mediocre Galatasaray. We only played a mediocre Trabzonspor. A mediocre Fenerbahce. This season, our opponents are stronger, I feel. But we haven't played any of them yet. And we've only played some of the minnows. Of, well, minnows. Some of the the, the the teams we ought to be beating easily. Except for Karagumbrug, which is a tough team. So it's really difficult to say how good we are. Uh, Dortmund themselves on the weekend won 3-4 away at Bayer Leverkusen. Big win for them. Very spectacular match. Leverkusen took the lead three times. And in the end, Dortmund won. I believe with a Haaland penalty. Um, and yeah, that, that guy. I think I, like Erling Haaland for me is the, the second coming of, of Ronaldo. And I don't mean Cristiano. I mean the real deal. The original. The OG Ronaldo. And just the, the pure goal scoring talent that he showcases it's uh it's it's second to none like uh yeah like his numbers his stats are, are messi esque and i don't know man like Haaland is people talk about Lewandowski and and, and and Benzema and these guys as being the best striker in the world but i don't know man Erling Haaland think he's got 125 goals and 125 appearances or something or now now maybe 127 and 126 i don't know it's crazy that kid is is, is so good good friend of mine yakub from the football Turk uh podcast he he was clamoring for us to get psg Basically, because he really wants Messi to come to Turkey—not to to see Bistech getting smacked around, but just you know, because he wanted to see Messi come to Turkey for once in his life. Which I I can have complete. I understand that that that's turned thought. like I I would have, quite frankly, I would not have minded playing PSG myself. Um, like with Bayern, we've played Bayern. You know that that's something that's we've seen that PSG would have been fun because then you know you have. Uh, Messi for the first time ever in Turkey that would have been amazing but I think Erling Haaland you know Messi and Ronaldo are both going to retire in the next five years right or at least maybe not retire but uh, I mean Ronaldo I imagine would although he's still amazing he's still in amazing peak physical condition Messi you know he might in five years he might be playing for Newell's Old boys you know like, I don't think Messi will still be playing in Europe in five years. But, you know, I might be mistaken. But in five years, I fully expect, if he stays spared from injuries, that Erling Haaland is going to be the Ronaldo the the, the Messi of, 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 of his era, so to speak. He's going to be the best in the world. I think he's better than Kylian Mbappé. Kylian Mbappé is an amazing talent. But... Haaland is a killer, and Mbappé isn't. Not at that level as Haaland is. I think Haaland is going to be the best. Like I, I personally don't understand Real Madrid's obsession with Mbappé when there's Haaland. Like if you would consider spending 200 million euros for a guy that has one year left on his contract, Kylian Mbappé... And you can get Holland for probably 150. I would w- always, always go for Holland. Holland's younger, I think. Not 100% sure on that. I think he's younger. And yeah, I, I think higher ceiling. Anyway, that's that. Dortmund on Wednesday. Um, let's hope for a good start in the Champions League. You know that all the, mainly the Fenerbahce fans, uh, are, are hoping that we're going to get smacked on Wednesday there's always that possibility but I think we are a good team I don't think we'll get smacked but you never know if they score early if we get a red card something stupid happens it's possible you know uh, last time Dortmund uh, played a Turkish team it was uh, I think it ended very poorly twice for Galatasaray but that was Galatasaray that was a, and, and and I like yeah anyway Let's hope uh, for a good result on Wednesday. And then let's hope for another good result on the weekend, on Saturday, away at Antalya. And, uh, yeah. Let's, uh, let's enjoy. Let's enjoy the season. Let's hope uh, it continues to build as it has so far and that the team continues to grow. And... Uh, will be in for a couple of amazing months if uh, that happens
1: yeah Khan Bayazit, everybody uh, thank you once again to Khan for the hashtag Khan's corner um, he he gets much of the episode this week I'll quickly go over stats and again quick because I don't want to drag things on too much longer um, Beshichas had 68% of the ball to their 32 16 shots in total to their 7, 13 chances created to their 5, 3 big chances to their 0, 570 accurate passes to their 215 at a 90% rate to their 75%, which is not bad for our opposition. We tend to keep our guys, our, our opponents down to sort of below 70, so, you know, despite losing 3-0, Yanni Malatya, you know, they, they didn't lose their shape entirely somehow. Um, We conceded 14 fouls, they conceded 10. We had 9 corners to their 3 and were called offsides twice to their zip. Um, 16 shots I said to their 7, 3 of them were off target to their 2, 9 were on target to their 2. 4 shots blocked by us, 3 blocked by them. Um, Yeah, I mean that's, that's good stuff, right? I suppose we could say. Quickly, as far as the sort of highest rated players, top of the the heap here is Mishi Batshuayi, two goals right uh, Joseph Dosozan next Miralem Pianic behind him Georges Kevin Kudu. then in the sort of very good section of the of the ratings here we have Ridvan Yilmaz Nejip Wellington who's even a sub so you know um, with sort of limited minutes even uh, then Jospin Inshimirimana uh, for, for Yenemel, that's it, their central midfielder. Then Balanta Rosier, Rashid Ghazal, Ersin Destanolu, Munir Chuyar. And that's it for the. That, that's about it. That kind of tops out the, the good performers of the match. So, um, yeah, you know, a lot of our guys in that batch, naturally, um, I'll, go, I'll sort of briefly talk about Batshuayi's stats, just to, to go over how they gave him the highest rated. Um, he played the full match, obviously scored twice, he had four shots in total, 20 accurate passes. Um, he, his pass rate was 83%. So really good stuff he created a chance as well as his three shots all of which were on target or sorry uh, one of w- one of them was blocked he had four shots but the, uh, the three that w- that made it past the d- their defense were all on target um, of the accurate passes of his 20 accurate passes only seven were in Beshech's half which means 13 of them were in the opposition's half um, one accurate long ball out of one attempted, he had one key pass, 33 touches, very present. He, he lost five duels and won none, um, so he wasn't particularly um, active in that sense, though we know he scored a goal by pressing, so nobody will say he wasn't active all, all in all. So yeah, I mean, just a very good, efficient game as an attacker. Um, especially with the second goal being something of a fluke that that bumped his stats up. I will say, however, that my man of the match is going to be Mira Pjanic, the newcomer, the debutant, if you will. Uh, He didn't get the full match. He played only 69 minutes, but those 69 minutes left so much to our imagination as far as what we can hope for this season. And obviously, first and foremost, we hope for his continued health. Um, Because as long as he's out there, I feel like things could look nice for us. Um, Again, he had a very high rating. Not the highest, but I'm going with him nonetheless. He did have an assist. He had 64 accurate passes at an 82% rate. Um, He created five chances. No shots. You know, that's fine. But 64 accurate passes. And so again, out of 78 passes... To 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 do it at an 80% rate of success is is something else, especially because he he's not like conservative with those balls. They're searching their defense for holes, each one. So uh, you know, four crosses, one of them accurate. That contributes to his to lowering his success rate. Even five long balls, four of them accurate. Four key passes, 95 touches. So this man was omnipresent. Won seven duels and lost five. Not bad he was fouled three times um all of them to sort of stop down our our tempo or counters because he was very effective in in exposing like i said exposing holes in their back line especially but in their midfield as well three interceptions so yeah i mean just fantastic play from him but that's all i'm gonna say that's all i have to say about uh, our stats A great game all around for a ton of guys, obviously. Um, Quickly, let me talk a little bit about Borussia Dortmund, um, because it's worth talking about them. Uh, It's worth talking about their uh, results so far and giving you a bit of a preview. For anyone who hasn't heard it, I recommend you go back and listen to my uh, interview with Stefan Puchko uh, of the Yellow Wall podcast. Great stuff and very informative, and you can get way more info than I'm about to give you. But real quickly, they started out their season with a 5-2 win over Eintracht Frankfurt, lost to Bayern Munich 1-3 at home, then lost also to Bochum 2-1, and then beat TSG Hoffenheim uh, 3-2, and then beat uh, Leverkusen 3-4 on the road. coming from behind I believe a number of times yeah uh, Leverkusen scored in the ninth minute uh, Haaland scored in the 37th minute Leverkusen scored in the 46th minute in extra time of the first half uh, Brandt scored in the 49th minute in the second half for Dortmund so leveling it again Diaby for the for Leverkusen gave them the three to two lead in the 55th minute and then Guerrero in the 71st for Dortmund and then Haaland, with a penalty in the 77th minute, would give Dortmund the win. So they're winning, but they're also leaky in the back. Uh, and, you know, you'd think, well, oh, we're not particularly sound up front yet with all these new pieces. But, I mean, if, you've, if you saw us play in this last match, certainly there's enough there that could come together for some goals if, if things go our way. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know to say about that. Could be good. I'll quickly mention uh, their lineup. Um, they have... Gregor Kobel starting in their goal uh, in their last match. On their back line, Marin Pongracic and Manuel Akanji, Swiss central defender. Uh, Thomas Mounier is the right back. Rafael Guerrero, who I mentioned scored in their last match, is their left back. Alex Witzel, uh, a name, or sorry, Axel Witzel, a name many will recognize, is in the middle of their defense. Jude Bellingham, a young guy is uh, in the center of the midfield alongside uh, Mahmoud Dahoud who's German Erling Haaland obviously up front with Marco Reus on the left wing and Julian Brandt on the right wing so they're a very talented side that could be really dangerous uh, not having Doman Gosh is a real dang shame supposedly uh, you know Khan mentions this supposedly there's a bit of a debate as to whether we're gonna see Nejip or Francisco Montero uh, if there is a debate it means Montero must be performing really well in training because uh, as Khan mentioned you'd, you'd think you wouldn't bring a guy in cold in a match like this but perhaps he's really performed in training so you know if, if Sergey Yelchin believes in him I believe in him uh, but so I yeah like Khan I co-sign I really just hope it's not Met Topal starting uh, other than that whether uh, I mean good news Despite having, perhaps, lost Alex Teixeira and, um, you know, Domingos Vida, uh, Sally Uchan will be available, not, you know, his suspension is done in the Super League, and it wouldn't have applied to Europe anyhow. Uh, and Kyle Laren is back from that sort of mild injury that he picked up with the Canadian national team. So he'll be available, so we get to have a debate between he and Kevin, George Kevin Kudu on the left wing. Uh, And it's good that we get to have that debate as well because Nkuru left the the match against Yanni Malachi with a slight injury. Um, So, for him to be healthy uh, and an option is great news. So, yeah, I mean, look, nothing but good vibes, right? Let's hope we get to win and have no problems and everything is great, you know, and we we start off the Champions League campaign with a bang it's not you know it's not the end of the world Um, they are missing a number of pieces uh, to injury as well so while it's not opportune for us as far as missing Vida and Alex Teixeira it's not for them either so we shall see Um, again this match is gonna be Wednesday September fifteenth, 1245 here on the eastern coast of the United States check your local listings Um, so yeah a nice lunchtime Champions League match for us here in the United States on the East Coast. Yeah, I mean, hosting Dortmund, so at least we're at home. There is that. Supposedly, we've already, I think, sold out our half of the stadium that we're allowed to have open. So we're going to have our, you know, the most fans we've had this season, which is great news, Um, you know, with the uh, vaccines increasing in Turkey, we've sort of steadily seen a trickle of more and more fans. We just had the highest uh, attendance in the Super League thus far this season in our match against yanni Malachi this last week, um, so that's good news. And, and again, supposedly we've already st- we've sold the 20,000 that we'll have against Dortmund available. So uh, here's to a great match in the Champions League, everyone. And thanks again to Khan Bayaza You can follow him at Razarian R A Z Z E R I A N. Follow myself at sir underscore rights underscore a lot follow the podcast at eagles underscore podcast of course that's all twitter on instagram you can follow us at black eagles podcast one word um yeah stay tuned for more obviously i i've got that sporting episode lined up i'll, I'll look for the next gap in the schedule to put that up so we have a little time perhaps because we have a lot of matches upcoming after the Champions League match, we're going to be on the road in Antalya. At least it's a nice beach destination. Uh, and then uh, midweek on Tuesday, we're going to be hosting Adana Demirspor, who has Montella as their coach now. Uh, and then Friday, on the road again in uh, Izmir, visiting altai the newly promoted side. And then again after that, Ajax on the road. This one, their first road match of the Champions League. Um, and again, it's it's against the sort of second toughest opposition in the, in the group, so no rest for the weary. But hopefully we can string together some good performances, maybe get back some, some guys sooner than expected. We can hope for the best, right? Why not? Um, yeah, so I'll be back uh, after the Dortmund match to talk about that, maybe with a guest co-host. I mean, you know, a lot of folks might be excited after that one. Uh, obviously, that depends... Um, I will be featured, um, I am featured on the Yellow Wall, Yellow Wall podcast uh, with uh, Ste- uh, Stefan. Stefan. Um, so yeah, check me out at Yellow Wall Pod on Twitter. Um, it was a lot of fun showing up on their podcast. Uh, again, his name is Stefan Buczko uh, and Uh, Yes, the Yellow Wall Podcast. Uh, At Stefan, S-T-E-F-A-N-B-U-C-Z-K-O, and at Yellow Wall Pod, one word. Uh, And yeah, extra Besiktas content there. I'd give them the lowdown on everything there is to know about us. But so without further ado, all I really have left to say is, let's go Go Besiktas! Woo! Champions League, baby! Woo! i